body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. I'm so pleased to bring to you this story. Toinette and the Elves was written by Susan Coolidge. New to me, but from an old children's book of Christmas stories. Drift is made possible for us by Envy Pillow. Two women, registered nurses named Kathy and Kim, came up with this amazing pillow and the many products that accompany it to give you a good night's rest using only the best, the greenest materials. And to me, the integrity behind these two women and envy, as in other companies are envious, is what makes them special. If you don't love what this pillow does for your neck, your face and skin, and of course, your sleep, return it for a full refund and they'll clean it and donate it to a shelter and use the code DRIFT to get 10% off whatever you choose. Learn more in the morning at envy, E-N-V-Y, pillow.com and sleep with the best. Now before we get into Toinette and the Elves, let's relax completely. Please take a deep breath in all the way to your toes. Hold it and release nice and slowly. Now let's do it again. Inhale and exhale. Great. Let's go back to those toes. Wiggle them if you can. Then swivel your ankles. First one way and now the other. How about your calves? Are they feeling heavy? Sinking into whatever is supporting you right now? Oh, they should be. Let your thighs do the same. No more holding on. This is a place to let go. Same with your backside. Just imagine the indentation in a cloud of feathers that you're making right now. And it's perfect. How about your back? Ooh, just letting those muscles relax. And then moving up your spine to your neck. That overworked, tensed up neck of yours. Whether you lie on your back or your side or even your front. Just let it release. Now to your shoulders. Same thing. Let them drop so that they no longer hold control over your arms. Down those arms, all the way to your hands. Stretch your fingers out and wiggle them if you can, sort of waving goodbye to the stress and worries of the day. They will wait. And finally, let's go to your head, to your face. Let your jaw hang limp, your tongue heavy in your mouth. Your eyes are in a relaxed position 
and your eyelids are heavy. Those eyebrows? <laughs> Make sure they're done for the day as well. Now that you're completely loose from head to toe, let's do one more breath in. And now as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. The winter sun was nearing the horizon's edge. Each moment the tree shadows grew longer in the forest. Each moment the crimson light on the upper boughs became more red and bright. It was Christmas Eve, or would be in half an hour, when the sun should be fairly set. But it did not feel like Christmas, for the afternoon was mild and sweet and the wind in the leafless boughs sang as it moved about, as though to imitate the vanished birds. Soft trills and whistles, little shakes and twitters. It was astonishing what pretty noises the wind made, for it was in good humor, as winds should be on the blessed night. All its storm tones and bass notes were for the moment laid aside, and gently, as though hushing a baby to sleep, it cooed and rustled and brushed to and fro in the leafless woods. Toinette stood, pitcher in hand, beside the well. Wishing well, the people called it, for they believed that if anyone wished to wish, it would certainly come true. Toinette stood with her eyes fixed on the bubbling water. How nice it would be, she thought. What beautiful things should be hers, if it were only to wish and to have. She would be lovely, rich and good, oh, so good. The children should love her dearly. Mother should not work so hard. They should all go back to France which mother said was si belle. Oh, dear, how nice it would be. Meantime, the sun sank lower, and mother at home was waiting for the water. But Toinette forgot about that. Suddenly, she jumped. A low sound of crying met her ear, and something like a tiny moan. It seemed close by but she saw nothing. Quickly she filled her pitcher and turned to go. But again the sound came, an unmistakable sob right under her feet. What is the matter? she called out. Is anybody there? And if there is, why don't I see you? A third sob, and all at once, down on the ground beside her, a tiny figure became visible, so small that Toinette had to kneel and twist her head to see it plainly. The figure was that of an odd little man. He was dressed in bright green, and in his tiny hand was a cap out of which stuck a long pointed feather. Two specks of tears stood on his cheeks, 
and he fixed on Toinette a glance so sharp and so sad that it made her feel sorry and frightened and confused all at once. Why, how funny this is, she said, speaking to herself out loud. Not at all, replied the little man, in a voice as dry and crisp as the chur of a grasshopper. Anything but funny, Toinette. Do you know my name, then? cried Toinette, astonished. That's strange. But why are you crying so, little man? I'm not a little man. I'm an elf. And I think you'd cry if you had an engagement out to tea and found yourself spiked on a great bayonet so that you couldn't move an inch. Look. He turned a little as he spoke, and Toinette saw a long rose thorn sticking through the back of the green robe. The little man couldn't reach the thorn, and it held him firmly to the place. Is that all? I'll take it out for you. Oh, be careful. This is my new Christmas suit, and it's got to last a year. If there is a hole in it, Peas Cod will tickle me and bean blossom teas till I shall wish myself dead. Now you mustn't do that, said Toinette in a motherly tone. She broke off the thorn as she spoke and gently drew it out. The elf anxiously examined his jacket, and seeing only a tiny puncture, his face brightened. You're a good child, he said. I'll do as much for you some day, perhaps. I would have come before if I had seen you, remarked Toinette timidly. But I didn't see you. No, because I had my cap on. He placed it on his head as he spoke. And hey, presto, nobody was there. Only a voice which laughed and said, Well, don't stare so. Oh, said Toinette. How wonderful! What fun it must be to do that! The children wouldn't see me. I should steal in and surprise them. They would go on talking and never guess that I was there. I should so like it. I wish you'd lend me yours. It must be so nice to be invisible. Oh, cried the elf, appearing suddenly again. Lend my cap, indeed. Why, it wouldn't stay on the very tip of your ear, it's so small. As for nice, mm, that depends. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. No, the only way for mortal people to be invisible is to gather the fern seed and put it in their shoes. Gather it? Where? I never saw any seeds to the ferns said Toinette. Of course not. Nobody finds the fern seed but we elves. I'll tell you what, though. You were such a nice child to take out the thorn that I'll give you a little of the seed. Then you can try the fun of being invisible to your heart's content. How delightful! May I have it now? Bless me. Do you think I carry my pockets stuffed with it? said the elf. Not at all. Go home. Say not a word to anyone. 
but leave your bedroom window open tonight, and you'll see what you'll see. He laid his finger on his nose as he spoke, gave a jump like a grasshopper, clapping on his cap as he went, and vanished. Toinette took her pitcher and hurried home. The woods were very dusky by this time, but full of her strange adventures, she did not remember to feel afraid. How long you have been, said her mother. It's late for a little maid like you to be up. You must make better speed next time, my child. Toinette pouted, which she did when she was reproved. The children wanted to know what had kept her, and she spoke crossly to them, so that they too became cross and left to go play by themselves. Tell me a Tory, said Baby Jeanne, creeping to her knee a little later. But Toinette's head was full of the elf. She had no time to spare for Jeanne. Oh, not tonight. Ask Mother to tell you one. Mother's busy, said Jeanne, wistfully. Toinette paid no attention, and the little one crept away sadly. Bedtime at last. Toinette opened her window a crack and lay a long time waiting and watching. Then she fell asleep. She waked with a sneeze and jumped and sat up in bed. On the coverlet stood her elfin friend, with a long train of other elves beside him, all clad in the beetle-wing green and wearing little pointed caps. More were coming in at the window. Outside, a few were drifting about in the moon rays, which lit their sparkling robes till they glittered like so many fireflies. The odd thing was that though the caps were on, Toinette could see the elves distinctly, and this surprised her so much that again she thought out loud and said, How funny! You mean about the caps, replied her special elf. Yes, you can see us tonight, caps and all. Spells lose their value on Christmas Eve, always. Peace Cod, where is the box? Do you still wish to try the experiment of being invisible, Toinette? Oh, yes, indeed I do. Very well, so let it be. As he spoke, he beckoned, and two elves, puffing and panting like little men with a heavy load, dragged forward a small box about the size of a pumpkin seed. One of them lifted the cover. Thistle, for thus it seemed Toinette's friend was named, dipped his fingers in the box, which was full of fine brown seeds and shook a handful into each of Toinette's shoes as they stood by the bedside. Now you have your wish, he said, and can go about and do what you like, no one seeing. The charm will end at sunset. Make the most of it while you can. But if you want to end it sooner, shake the seeds from the shoes, and then you are just as usual. Oh, I won't want to. I'm sure of it. Goodbye. 
said Thistle, with a mocking little laugh. Goodbye, and thank you ever so much. Goodbye, goodbye, replied the other elves in shrill chorus. Then straight out of the window they flew, like a swarm of gauzy-winged bees, and melted into the moonlight. Toinette shut the window, went back to bed, and soon, in the midst of her amazed and excited thoughts, fell asleep. She awoke in the morning with a strange, doubtful feeling. Had she dreamed, or had it really happened? She put on her best petticoat and laced her blue bodice, for she thought that Mother would perhaps take them across the wood to the little chapel for the Christmas service. Her long hair smoothed and tied, her shoes trimly fastened, downstairs she ran. Mother was stirring porridge over the fire. Toinette went close to her, but she did not move or turn her head. How late the children are, she said at last, lifting the boiling pot. Then she went to the stairs and called, Marc, Jeanne, Pierre, Marie, breakfast is ready, my children. Toinette, but where then is Toinette? She is usually down long before this. Toinette isn't upstairs, said Marie from above. Her door is wide open, and she isn't there. That is strange, said the mother. She went to the outer door and called, Toinette, Toinette, passing close to Toinette as she did so, and looking straight at her with unseeing eyes. Toinette, half frightened, half pleased, giggled low to herself. She really was invisible then. How strange it seemed, and what fun it was going to be. The children sat down to breakfast, little Jeanne as the youngest, saying grace. The mother distributed the porridge and gave each a spoon, but she looked anxious. Where can Toinette have gone, she said to herself. Toinette felt a twinge of conscience. She had half a mind to dispel the charm on the spot. But just then, she caught a whisper from Pierre to Marc, which so surprised her as to put the idea out of her head. Perhaps a wolf has eaten her up, a great big bad wolf like in the story. Marc answered coldly, If he has, I shall ask Mother to let me have her room. Poor Toinette. Her cheeks burned and her eyes filled with tears at this. Didn't the boys love her a bit? Next, she grew angry. The steaming porridge reminded her she was hungry. So brushing away the tears, she slipped a spoon off the table and whenever she found the chance, dipped it into the bowl for a mouthful. The porridge disappeared rapidly. I want some more said Jeanne. Bless me how fast you have eaten, said the mother, turning to the bowl. This made Toinette laugh, which shook her spoon, and a drop of the hot mixture fell right on the tip of Marie's nose. Marie gave a little scream. What is it? said mother. Hot water right in my face, sputtered Marie. Water, 
cried Mark. It's porridge. You spattered with your spoon. Eat more carefully, my child, said Mother. Antoinette laughed again as she heard her. There was some fun in being invisible after all. Christmas morning went by. Constantly the mother went to the door and shading her eyes with her hand looked out in hopes of seeing a little figure come down the wood path, for she thought perhaps the child went to the spring to get water and fell asleep there. The children, meanwhile, played happily. They were used to doing without Toinette and did not seem to miss her, except that now and then baby Jeanne said, Poor Toinette, not here. All gone. Well, what if she has? said Mark at last, looking up from the wooden cup he was carving for Marie's doll. We can play all the better. Mark was a bold boy, who always spoke his mind. If she were here, she'd only scold and interfere. Toinette almost always scolds. I like to have her go away. It makes it nicer. It is rather more pleasant, admitted Marie. Only... I'd like her to be having fun somewhere else. Bother about Toinette, cried Pierre. Let's play tag. Toinette had never felt so unhappy in her life as when she stood by and heard the children say these words. She'd never meant to be unkind, but she was quick-tempered, dreamy, wrapped up in herself. She did not like being interrupted by them, and she spoke sharply and was cross. She had taken it for granted that the others must love her by a sort of right, and the knowledge that they did not grieved her very much. Creeping away, she hid herself in the woods. It was a sparkling Christmas day, but the sun did not look so bright as usual. Cuddled down under a rose bush, she sat sobbing as if her heart would break at the thought of what she overheard. Soon, a little voice within her woke up and began to make itself audible. All of us know this little voice. We call it conscience. Jeanne missed me, she thought. And oh dear, I pushed her away only last night and wouldn't tell her a story and Marie hoped I was having a pleasant time somewhere. I wish I hadn't slapped Marie last Friday, and I wish I hadn't thrown Mark's ball into the fire that day I was angry with him. How unkind he was to say that, but I wasn't always kind to him. And once I said that I wished a bear would eat Pierre up. That was because he broke my cup. Oh, dear. What a bad girl I've been to them all. But you could be better and kinder if you tried, couldn't you? Said the inward voice. I think you could. Antoinette clasped her hands tight and said out loud, I could, yes, and I will. The first thing to be done was to get rid of the fern seed, which she now regarded as a hateful thing. She untied her shoes and shook them out in the grass. It dropped and seemed to melt into the air, for it instantly vanished. A mischievous laugh sounded close behind, 
and a green coattail was visible, whisking under a tuft of rushes. But Toinette had had enough of the elves, and tying her shoes, took the road toward home, running with all her might. Where have you been all day, Toinette? cried the children, as she flew in the gate, breathless and panting. But Toinette could not speak. She made slowly for her mother, who stood in the doorway, flung herself into her arms, and burst into a passion of tears. Ma chérie, what is it? She lifted Toinette into her arms as she spoke, and they hurried indoors. The other children followed, whispering and peeping, but the mother sent them away, and sitting down by the fire with Toinette in her lap, she rocked and hushed and comforted, as though Toinette was again a little baby. Gradually the sobs ceased. For a while Toinette lay quiet, her head on her mother's chest. Then she wiped her wet eyes, put her arms around her mother's neck, and told her everything from the very beginning, keeping not a single thing back. Her mother listened with alarm. Then, feeling Toinette's hands and head, You have a fever, she said. I will make you some tea, my darling, and you must go at once to bed. Toinette vainly protested. To bed she went, and perhaps it was the wisest thing, for the warm drink threw her into a long, sound sleep, and when she awoke, she was herself again, bright and well, hungry for dinner, and ready to do her usual tasks. Herself, but not quite the same Toinette that she had been before. Nobody changes from bad to better in a minute. It takes time for that, time and effort, and a long struggle with evil habits and tempers. But there is sometimes a certain moment in which people begin to change, and so did Toinette. She began to watch her faults and try to conquer them. She often felt discouraged at the hard work, but she kept on. Month after month she grew less selfish, kinder, more obliging than she used to be. When she failed and her old temper got the better of her, she was sorry and begged everyone's pardon so humbly they could not help but forgive. The mother began to think that the elves really had bewitched her child. As for the children, they learned to love Toinette as never before and came to her with all their pains and joys as children should to a kind older sister. Each fresh proof of this, every kiss from Jeanne, every confidence from Mark, was a comfort to Toinette, and she never forgot Christmas Day, and felt that no trouble was too much to wipe out that unhappy memory. I think they like me better than they did then, she would say. But then the thought came, Perhaps if I were invisible again, if they did not know I was there, I might hear something to make me feel as badly as I did that morning. These sad thoughts were part of the bitter fruit of the fairy fern seed. 
So with doubts and fears, the year went by, and again it was Christmas Eve. Toinette had been asleep some hours when she was roused by a sharp tapping at the window pane. Startled and only half awake, she sat up in bed and saw by the moonlight a tiny figure outside, which she recognized. It was Thistle. Let me in, cried the dry little voice. So Toinette opened the window, and Thistle flew in and perched as before on the coverlet. Merry Christmas, my girl, he said, and Happy New Year when it comes. I've brought you a present. And dipping into a pouch tied round his waist, he pulled out a handful of something brown. Toinette knew what it was. Oh, no. Don't give me any fern seeds. I don't like them. Don't be silly, said Thistle, his voice sounding kind this time and earnest. It wasn't pleasant being invisible last year, but this year maybe it will be. Try it. You won't be sorry. Won't I? said Toinette, brightening. Very well, then. I will. She leaned out of bed and watched Thistle strew the fine dust-like grains in each shoe. I'll drop in tomorrow night and just see how you like it. Then, with a nod, he was gone. The old fear came back when she awoke in the morning, and she tied on her shoes with a tremble in her heart. Downstairs she crept. The first thing she saw this Christmas morning was a wooden ship standing on her plate. Mark had made it, but Toinette had no idea it was for her. The little ones sat round the table with their eyes on the door, watching till Toinette should come in and be surprised. I wish she'd hurry, said Pierre. We all want Toinette, don't we? said the mother, smiling as she dished out the porridge. It'll be fun to see her stare at her gift declared Mark. Toinette is beautiful when she stares. Her eyes get big and her cheeks grow pink. Our Toinette is ever so pretty. She is ever so nice, too, said Pierre. She's as good to play with as, as a boy. I wish my Toinette would come, said Jeanne. Toinette waited no longer but sped upstairs with glad tears in her eyes. Two minutes, and down she came again, visible this time, her heart light as a feather. Merry Christmas, clamored the children. The ship was presented. Toinette was duly surprised. And so the happy day began. That night, Toinette left the window open and lay down in her clothes for she felt as Thistle had been so kind, she ought to receive him politely. He came at midnight, and with him all the other little man in green. Well, how was it? asked Thistle. Oh, I liked it this time, and I thank you so much. I'm glad you did, and I'm glad you are thankful, for we want you to do something for us. 
what can it be? You must know that there is no treat in the world which we elves enjoy like a bowl of fern seed broth. But it has to be cooked over a real fire. And we dare not go near fire, you know, lest our wings scorch. Now, Toinette, will you make us some? Indeed I will. But you must tell me how. Down into the kitchen they went. Toinette set the doll's table for the wooden saucers which Mark had made for Jeanne to play with. Then she mixed and stirred, as the elves instructed, and when the soup was done, served it to them steaming hot. How they feasted! No bumblebee dipping into a flower cup ever sipped and twinkled more rapturously than they. When the last drop was eaten, they made ready to go. Each kissed Toinette's hand, then said a word of farewell. Thistle brushed his feathered cap over the doorpost as he passed. Be lucky, house, for you have received and entertained the luck-bringers. And be lucky, Toinette. Good temper is good luck, and sweet words and kind looks and peace in the heart are the fairest of fortunes. See that you never lose them again, my girl. With this, he too kissed Toinette's hand, waved his feathered cap, and whirr! They were all gone, while Toinette, covering the fire with ashes and putting aside the little cups, crept up to her bed, a happy child indeed. And with that, a gentle dream of elves I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>